This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to Homestay Radio. My name is Chris Hamling and I have the pleasure of hosting tonight's show in which we'll spend most of the hour gloating about beating South Coast Minnows Brighton by three goals to two. Wilfred Zaha sent the Seagulls back to where they came from with two goals either side of a James Tompkins strike. All five goals came in a blistering first half with a resolute defensive display and a couple of glaring Murray misses of note in the second half. I'll introduce my panel in just a moment, but get in touch with with us today on holradio.net forward slash contact, and we'll be back after this short message. There are 99 reasons to hate Brighton. Homophobia doesn't need to be one of them. Follow us on Twitter at Proud and Palace. Right, we are then. Time to introduce the panel. First up, Mr. Nicholas Gillard. Hey! Hey! It's enthusiasm and delight and stuff. Hey! hey. <laughs> There's Nick for you. We've also got Patrick O'Connor. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, mates. You know, all, all happy? I'm bloody ecstatic, mate. There we go. So ecstatic, you almost went English again there, didn't you? Almost. <laughs> and we've also, for the second week in a row, it's Mr. Mike Scott. Evening all. Aren't I lucky, eh? Yeah, you are. Very, very lucky, but not as lucky as our listeners. Yeah, well, that's true, that's true. Exactly right. So it's obviously a real pleasure to do a show today. Often it feels like a chore. Today, you know, I could go on forever. It wasn't for the fact that producer Mikey has to get up at 3am, so we have to keep it to a strict hour. But um, obviously great great game a fantastic occasion at Celeste uh, you know those of you that weren't there you really did miss out on something very very special but um you know it's always special when it when it matters against Brighton we always come up on top and um you know my voice is is still struggling to come back after after yesterday and it's been a while through a variety of reasons that I'd actually been managed managed to get to Celeste myself and my god did I miss that you know the first even before the ball was kicked uh, the atmosphere was just absolutely superb. Um, you know, a big smile on my face 
and all the nerves had sort of disappeared until kickoff, and then a blistering start, and everything seemed to be going so well, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, it was uh, it was quite an incredible match day for myself. How about you, Patrick? Yeah, um, as a uh, Palace supporter in America, it's difficult to follow the matches, so every week I try and change it up. So normally I'd go to, let's say, the football factory in New York, but my son's down in Philadelphia at law school. So I drove down to Philadelphia yesterday morning. I left my house about 6 o'clock in the morning, uh, met him at his apartment, went down to a pub, I guess it's called it, called Tier Nog, where my mate, Will Block, formerly of this parish, and his family were there. So we watched the game uh, there. But unfortunately, I got there a little bit late. So I'm watching the match on my phone as I walk into the pub and I'm singing to Neil, the Londoners, and then Murray scores. I almost walked out. <laughs> <laughs> That's my story anyway. So. That is upsetting. That is very upsetting. <laughs> but you weren't to know it was going to be one of those sort of games, were you? Not, it looked not so, not so, so comfortable at 2-0, wasn't it? And then uh, there we go. Guys, to get you involved in well, just a little bit about your match day experience. Nick, I know you were there. I saw you. Yes, you know, indeed. Hobnobbing with famous people or whatever it was. Or were you on the phone to Love Sport, weren't you? I was indeed telling them we'd win 5 0. <laughs> but I did, I did, I was going to tweet them at 2 0 and say, see, see, I told you, I told you. You said it'd be a tight affair, but no, it's like the worst football in the world, but it made for a brilliant experience. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> you in your usual spot, was it? Is it uh, main stand F area, isn't it? Something like Jay, that. Look, Jay, Jay the, the, the poor bloke who sits the seat next to me pays an extra £120 for his season ticket. Just because I'm in the uh, junior section with my kids. Oh, nice stuff. Nice stuff. But a good experience there, nice and loud? The loudest it's ever been. Really? Louder than Cristambul. Even wow. even when the teams were coming out, it was it was rocking in there. And there we go. Mike, what was your vantage point? Uh as usual, uh why blocking the Arthur. Um I got I got um I got just to the corner of um the homestyle and the Arthur when the police were parading the, the majority of the, the sort of, I guess they were the Brighton Ultras through, um, you know, like swearing at us, giving giving us the giving us the finger and stuff while we were queuing up to get frisked. Um, <laughs> no, no one said anything back. Everyone just looked at them a bit bemused, and uh, <laughs> uh, it, it worked out pretty well in the end. Yeah, well, what, the... What, they, what they named our Ultras after is it some nighttime paddy towel thing that or. Who knows, mate? Who knows? I don't, even, I don't even. I don't have a clue. I mean, that, that, that probably speaks volumes in itself. Yeah. yeah. No, I think you know. I, I didn't see too much going on. Apparently, there was some sort of discussion had between vans, shall we say? But uh, I didn't see it too much myself. But um, there was a, there was a few kids walking past singing, but you you can't even be bothered with them. Like you say, bemusement or laughter in their general direction is usually the, the appropriate reaction. It was just uh, a, it was, a glance upwards, really. That was all there was from anyone. Yeah. yeah. I think obviously where you were and what I'm in W, so I'm not too far across from that and. Uh, I take it at the end you were joining in with a little bit of goading as was as I was as well. <laughs> yeah, there was plenty of that. Yeah, <laughs> good fun, good fun. Sorry, Nick, go on. Yeah, can I just say how well it was pleased yesterday? We didn't have any silly walls that made me walk six miles extra to get back to my car. It, it just seemed to be well well organised. So kudos to whoever was in charge of that. It wasn't over the top, was it? I think no. the, the thing is when they when they go over the top, it actually escalates matters. Um, I do. I believe there are still some slight issues around around Norwood Junction and all that kind of stuff. But it's very difficult 
for that not to happen unless they followed my advice, which is to keep writing for about an hour. <laughs> don't think they'll ever do that. <laughs> yeah, about an hour, approximately about an hour. hour. Oh, it's been 90 an hour minutes, that's so. a bad hour. Because we'll you know, talk them for a while, but then we want to get to the pub or you know, get to our cars or whatever. So eventually we'll go, and then you can take them away safely. But... Um, it must have been really no, hard for the Brighton fans, though, to see a full stadium at the end of a match. And uh, again, I've <laughs> never seen so many people stay after the final whistle. As, as yeah, it's glorious. Is. Absolutely glorious, yeah. yeah. Um, there's not too much um, I want to say ahead of us getting into the review. Uh, just a reminder, as always, do tune into our uh, Love Sports show on Thursdays, 7 till 9 live. Um, you can listen to that online. It doesn't have to be in London, but it's on DAB and 558am in London. But it's also available online as well. Last week was, <laughs> I don't know how to describe last week, uh, we had a lot of fun with it. And we talked for Palace for in the two hours for about, I talked about Palace for about 15 minutes. And the rest of it was essentially food-based. But um, it was good fun. We had some couple of great guests on. We had Fraser Digby, our former goalkeeper. Um, who now owns a restaurant, <laughs> which I might be visiting now to try and uh, try out my new potato waffle sandwich recipe with him. Um, honestly, if anyone had told me in my life I'd have just discussed potato waffle sandwiches with Fraser Digby, I'd have probably had them committed. But I did it. It happened on live radio. Uh, but we also had Sean Derry on as well to, to sort of help uh, preview the uh, the Palace Brighton game and get a few bit uh, you know other bits of chat with him, which was always great to talk to. So Sean Derry, um, and it's available as a podcast on our feed if you want to listen back to it as well. Well worth it. It's a very different type of show than than what we do uh, ourselves. Um, it's more ra- more radio like, and obviously we've got a, a neutral presenter who, who likes to keep things moving and in various different directions. So it's a different experience. So hopefully it complements uh, what we do in our other two podcasts as well. The other podcast, of course, being the preview show. Uh, I want to give a massive shout out to Terence and the guys this week. I listened to preview show on the way to the game i was like to do that it's a, it's just that nice little experience gets your i drive up and i've got my mind kind of set on the game and, and some you know people i know who are knowledgeable about the game talking it through and it was lovely experience ahead of the match it really was so i'd encourage you to do the same get downloading that you know and you can save it up to for your journey up to the game uh nick yeah i'd like to um praise terence for his commitment to the uh preview show as well because when I was last on I asked him about whether he was going to do love sport and he said his missus won't allow him to do two things so (laughs) (laughs) we're lucky he's sticking with the preview we'd have a a chasm a gap exactly right yeah he's allowed to do one thing but not two things (laughs) it's good good news (laughs) all right anyway that's quite enough of that let's get into talking about the game the glorious 3-2 win um you know, like I said before, the, I mean, the the one of the best things about beating Brian is spending the next week or two or three or four reading their forums and antagonizing them on Twitter. And there's a lot of fun to be had with that at the moment. They are, as ever, hilariously predictable in their terrible, terrible reactions and inaccurate statements. But um, it's, it was, you know, a lot of the talk pre-game, I guess, chaps, was what we were going to do about the fact that we'd, we'd sort of struggled creating um until the sort of enforced situation last week against Bournemouth where um you know we created pl- plenty of chances without a recognized striker but uh, I, can't, I think it was Terence who said on the preview show that's actually something of a misnomer we, we actually in terms of the expected goal stat that we've been talking about lately um we're actually one of our worst performances of the, of the season without a recognized striker so there was a bit of discussion going around that topic and and 
Well, Patrick Roy's chosen to go into the game once again, just playing Zaha and Townsend as as in a, in a four four two, uh, and it worked to treat. Was that, would you have gone with that? In you know, without the benefit of hindsight. Honestly, I'm not sure. But you know, watching the match and thinking about you know the type of centre halves that Brighton have, you know, Duncan Duffy being big, large lumps, it was perfect because they were able to use their speed and their agility to, you know, to kind of find the gaps in between. You know, with the Menteke or Solov type, you're going to be hitting balls up and they're going to be doing what they like to do, you know, beating them to head balls or jumping up against them. So before the match, I wasn't happy with it. I really wanted Menteke to start. I wanted him to get a little, uh, you know, uh, you know, retribution or whatever the word is I'm looking for um, as far as getting a goal maybe to win the game. But um, I have to say, as far as that's concerned, I think Roy got that spot on because obviously with the way Wolf played, I thought Townsend and Randy socks off again yesterday, played really well. I thought having those two against those two centre-halves, it was horses for course, it was a very, very good decision by uh, Roy. Yeah, it definitely turned out that way. And we got sort of similar questions in. I think it was Bex on Twitter who said, why are we better when Benteke doesn't play? And we will sort of answer, talk about Benteke a bit later on as well. Um we got uh, N. Collins talking about keeping Wilf and building the team around him, getting rid of Benteke, having Wilf up front. Lots of discussion around um, how how we sort of feel that whether that's the best way to play. And I had a similar conversation uh, again on, on Love Sport. That was on just after the game. And it's, it's funny, I think it's not really about how Wilf and Townsend play, although we will discuss that. I think it's actually about how the rest of the team play in terms of if we're playing a side, you know, Patrick, you've picked out they've got you know a couple of big centre backs. But if we're playing a side that kind of force us backwards, um, you know, like a big team, like a, a Man City or a Liverpool or someone like that who's, who's pressing from the front and putting pressure on our defence to clear it, stopping us playing through the midfield. Right. I think if we don't have a Soloff or a Benteke in that situation, we are on a hiding to nothing, and we saw right. that. I, I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, you're right. Um, so, but I think if you look at what Wilf and Townsend did, and again the the match of the day and goals on Sunday picked this up perfectly as well. Uh, I'll get your views on it as well, Mike. It's the fact that neither Wilf nor Townsend are playing in an orthodox striker position, so the back four don't really know who to mark, and it's all about the runs and that they make and and the ability of the midfield to find them. And you know they didn't know what to do, did they, Brian? No, I, I get the impression that Hodgson said to them, right, really go out of the blocks quickly because Brighton are not great on the back foot. They're not great when they've gone one behind. Um, so let's try and hit them hard. And I, I do feel like Loftus-Cheek was key yesterday. Um, you alluded to it a minute ago. There can be a little bit of a disconnect between Townsend and Zaha when they play in that position and the rest of the side. But it feels to me like Loftus-Cheek is that gel between the midfield uh, and then playing the sort of f- false front pairing um, and having all three of them, you know, Loftus-Cheek now back to full fitness. Well, it, uh, he was subbed off, but it looked as though he was pretty much there. Um, it, it looked as though Hodgson knew that we were going to start well um, and that was what he gambled on and it paid off. Absolutely right. And, and talking about that, Nick, did you think the, the atmosphere at the start of the game, in particular those first 15 minutes or so, where it was absolutely, it was intense. It was really, really, really loud and, and sort of boisterous and energetic. And, you know, it, it actually, it 
not only did it kind of completely silence the Brighton fans, or at least I assume I didn't hear them at all, um, but it, it seemed to rock the, the players um, as well, as well as inspiring the Palace players. Indeed. In, in fact, the call went out in the week, didn't it, for people to be in their places by half two to, to generate the atmosphere. And I, I don't know who put the video on Twitter, but you could uh, see the players coming out the tunnel and you could you could hear it building up as the, the cameraman walked through. It, it was just absolutely unbelievable. And, and time and again, the players have said that the atmosphere does lift them. And if that's not going to bloody lift them, I don't know what will. No, it was it was absolutely incredible. You just you could just feel it, and I say it was that that intensity that that sort of put them under pressure. But I suppose there's there's one moment to talk about in terms of the system and the tactics and all that kind of stuff. There's one thing that we do have to talk about, and um, that people have had you know mixed reaction to at best, and that's the decision to uh, to rest Aaron Wan-Bissaka and bring back Joel Ward. Now a lot of people are asking why. Now personally, I think the the why is quite an obvious one, and it's. I think after what happened with, with the Bournemouth game, I think with the 89th minute with Pasaka walking off uh, Josh King and letting him have, have a tap in without a challenge, just losing that tiny bit of concentration. I think what Roy's quite obviously done there is just, just basically it's, it's a part of, part of the learning experience for Pasaka. It's saying, you know, at, at the top level, you cannot switch off even for a second. And not only are there consequences in a match, but there's consequences that someone else is ready to come in and take your place if you are going to switch off. And I think it's a it's a good lesson for Basaka to learn. However, Patrick, <laughs> was it the right thing to do considering how uh, how the game unfolded? Well, two things. Who was on the cover of the program yesterday? Is Aaron Wan Basaka? <laughs> exactly. There, there's a curse with that, by the way. I'm, I believe if someone <laughs> plays on the on the cover, something bad happens. But anyway, um, yeah. I mean, that was the biggest thing for me. Um, again, uh, Ward's experience playing against Brighton, I kind of understand. But for me, Wan Basaka is playing against Man City, Arsenal, Liverpool. That's uh, no, like Man United. You know, he's played against some big teams. I think he'd be he'd have been up for it. Um, I love the way he plays, the way he slide tackles, the way he cuts out crosses. And then for Ward to come in and then to give up, for me, to be at fault for both of the goals, it's 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 difficult for me to kind of understand his rationale beside the fact maybe I just want to put him in the firing line and have him make another mistake cost us a, a really big match. But again, based on Ward, the way Ward played, Ward, Ward, Ward looked rusty. He just he looked he looked very rusty yesterday. I don't know if you guys noticed it, but what they did was I noticed uh, Brighton they put Izquierdo on his side and they 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 were going down their left our right the entire match. They yeah. were picking on Ward. Now would they have done against Wampasaka? Possibly. Maybe that was the game plan the entire time. But I just noticed that they were they were going on Ward's side the entire time and he could not handle it. So in hindsight, I really thought that decision to me, and I'm big on the on the youth players. I really thought we'd have been better off with Wampasaka starting. Uh, Nick, you want to jump in there? Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around, to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call 
on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Well, he did. I'm pretty sure Nick wanted to say something there. Yeah, there's a, an argument that Bissaka would have um, got uh, his cuero, um because he's good at winning the ball like that. When a player gets past him, he can he can get back and win the ball for the for the second goal. Um, it, it, it's hard though because I I don't think it's for the reason that you said, Chris. Because um, no? players switch off all over the pitch for moments in matches. Um, and you could argue that Ben Turke would have been there had he been on the pitch last week because that's where he stands at corners. Uh, so to say that, I think he's going to be a bit harsh. Um, it's a squad game. I, I think that he, he felt that Ward would be more getting an experienced head in there for, for such a big game and such an important game. And maybe no, he's not good. He's, maybe he needs resting. He's only young. Well, it's, I, I get what you're saying, but I, you know, I, I, I don't think... I think if... I think if Bissaka doesn't make that tiny lapse in concentration that costs us a goal against Bournemouth, I think he starts against Brighton. I really do. Um, but you know, you might be right. It might have been. You might have decided it was time to rest him anyway. Uh, what did you make of it, Mike? I mean, I, I could understand why everyone at two o'clock was like, "What? What the hell's going on?" Um, but Hodgson, in some respects, is still quite an old school manager, and. I think Nick's probably onto something that he's gone for experience in a in a derby game where we know that maybe people are going to lose their heads. I mean, um, Zahar possibly was lucky to not get red card for descent. Milivojevic was on a bit of a tightrope by the end, and I wonder if he wanted someone with you know just just an older older head. Um, but it it definitely was on on the verge of backfiring a little bit, definitely. I think it's. Um, I mean, for me, I know. I thought. I thought straight away people are going to notice the mistakes because they were quite glaring, and and we'll talk about them. Um, well, now, but um, but I also want to point out that there were some real positives with Ward as well. Um, so I'll get into those in a second. But let's talk first of all, Patrick, about the the error for goal number one, and we'll analyse goal number one in full shortly. But but first, let's just talk about Ward. And what happened? Because obviously it was he who was marking Murray. Yeah, I mean, you know, the ball comes across. He's he. Um, the funny thing uh, is, it Dunk or Duffy made the header. It was uh, it was Dunk because he pushed Sacco. Oh yeah, yeah, two hundred right, right to create that space. And then I guess I don't know what Ward was just doing. I don't know if he was trying to either cut out the, the the header or he just lost Murray. And of course, Murray's not missing from you know one yard. So. Again, that could happen. But again, what do we say about Wambasaka? He did. He he lost the play at the back post. It's kind of the similar thing. So my point is, players switch off. It's just a, it's part of the game. So for me to not play him again, we don't know why he didn't play him because he Roy would did not and will not tell us. But if that was the reason why, I just think that Wambasaka could have learned from that and made that same mistake, or maybe learned from it last week and said, you know what, I'm, just, I'm not gonna you know make that mistake. So it's kind of harsh for me for him to have been. Uh, to sit out that match, but again, Ward made a mistake that honestly any right back or any fullback in the, in the, in the league could have made, and it's, it's not the most grievous mm. thing to make. But it, again, it did cost us a goal. Well, certainly for, for goal one, you, you know you've got to say that there's 
you know, a lot more people than Joel Ward have lost Glenn Murray in their exactly. lives. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and allowed him to Tell me about smash it. the ball into the net. He's a, he's a, he's, you know, he's just clever. He's a very, very clever striker. He's always moving, always thinking. Um, you know, and the, the funny thing is, it's you know, he, okay, he sort of volleyed it in from a yard out, and people are saying, oh, he's Nick Doug's goal or whatever. But he knew straight away that there was no point taking a risk. It's a little bit like Zaha on the first goal. There's no point taking a risk. You just got to get that ball in the net. And nice, he didn't celebrate as well. But uh, yeah, so that was he went to and then he stopped himself. Exactly. That's fine. That's, that's all right. That's enough. Uh, <laughs> I'll what, was, that. what was hilarious coming back to before the game is uh, the players did their warm up and then they all walk off, don't they? And the, the whole the whole ground was pointing and shouting, "Who are you? Who are you?" At the Brighton team, and then uh, Murray gets near the tunnel and everybody applauds. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, he was after the game. He was signing shirts for Palace fans and all yeah. <laughs> top bloke. And uh, yeah, I also liked. Uh, Ramage uh, giving him a bit of banter on Twitter before it, saying, I'm sure you guys will give Glenn a proper welcome home, calling it like his home and all that stuff. But uh, I saw some Brighton fans also saying, oh, Glenn's still Palace, obviously. And again, we'll talk about his misses in a bit, I guess. But, Clear. But get... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um, you know, but there's, again, and there's, so the second sort of glaring point for, for Ward, I'll take us through, which is obviously for, for their, their second goal. And that was, you know, just to just... A, a, a decent pass through, but as you've said, he's looked rusty there. Uh, looks off the pace, and he's neither taken the ball nor the player, and a, and a sort of yellow card for the team. He's he's been too slow to do either, and, and cost us a goal there. And I genuinely think it's a fair point to say that Basaka doesn't get caught out there. But what I will say is that there's other things that Joe Ward. Now, first of all, in the, in the first half, he was spent an awful lot of time down the right hand side attacking and and, and allowing uh, Townsend. Obviously, going inside and drifting, and just it, it really, um, and obviously allowing MacArthur to play more central as well by just getting up on on that right hand side, and he was key for the first goal as well. I think there's a really important clearance late on in the game, which I don't necessarily think Basaka would be would have the awareness to make or the experience to make, and that's when Hennessy's made a great save and the ball's Agreed. just dropped at his feet. Yep. And you know who's waiting there. Glenn Murray's waiting there. <laughs> yep. Ward, Ward does not even for a second think about, you know, oh, is anyone coming to get this? Or It just goes. He just gets rid straight away. Um, so I want to make sure that whilst we're, we're saying, obviously, we're, you know, we kind of agree with the, the Saka should, didn't really deserve to get dropped I, I just want to make it absolutely clear that when you look at the contribution ward made over the 90 minutes that there were plenty of positives too um that showed you a good reason why he's, he's been all right back for so long so can i hit you with some stacks go for it nine clearances which is quite a lot he won 75 percent of his aerial jewels and you, you're saying about going forward he he had two um successful take-ons as well and and again i think he's we haven't seen Basaka going forward that much. And although we know he's uh, very capable, Ward, we know that he can deliver the ball when he needs to. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I did call him Toblerone feet during the game again. After a <laughs> game, one cross went behind, straight straight behind the goal in the second half. But um, I don't know. I think I think both have limitations going forward. But I think Basaka's got a lot more potential as yeah. an attacking right back than, uh, than Ward has ever had. So, and that's not supposed to be disrespectful. I just think that's the type of player Basaka is and why he will go on to have a very, very, very successful career. Um, so let's get let's get into some of the uh, some of the action. So goal one, let's look at it. 
Uh, Joel Ward getting forward well, as we've been talking about. Uh, Balls, Balls Townsend was sort of cut out by uh, Gaetan Bong. Sort of bounces off his foot, goes out for a corner. So, you know, Palace aren't traditionally very good at short corners. But this was like a medium corner, wasn't it? It wasn't quite short. It was uh, it was drilled into Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who's on the edge of the area. Now, immediately, again, some great analysis on this goal on the... Um, on, on uh, I think it was Coles on Sunday did the, the proper analysis of this, which was, um, you know, finding as soon as Loftus Cheek has the ball, um, I think it's Jurgen uh, Lacadia who comes out to him, uh, and Dale Stevens doesn't come out to to meet Luca, just lets him run and is sort of pointing at him, and suddenly realizes he has to go out and get him. By that time, it's way too late, and Luca's Luca's drilling in a, a, a sort of a cross shot there, uh, and it's fumbled by the keeper, goes towards like it's going into the net. But and I thought, uh, you know, Wilf sort of taking his goal off him. But when you actually look at it uh, from one of the angles, it sort of backspins a little bit on the line. And I'm not convinced it's actually going to drop in. At least I think someone might have got back to it. So Wilf not making any mistake there, uh, smacking it home. Great start. And everyone went absolutely bananas. <laughs> I'm telling you. Um, again, <laughs> I, I just... I. I was on, I was on, sort of on my back, falling through seats within seconds of that ball going in the net, and everyone's just screaming and sort of punching each other. <laughs> and I just don't know what was happening. Uh, all I know is I got up and everything hurt, and it was just one of that. It's that kind of, you know, I, I, I remember that pain celebrating goals against Brighton, and I'd missed it in a lot of ways, but it does still hurt, and it still hurts now. <laughs> so that, that was my experience of it, Patrick. Uh, so Chris, two things on that goal. The first thing is, um, got to give huge credit to the uh, our, our our staff because um, we've been for me we've been very poor on corner kicks all all year. And there's a stat that I saw yesterday that Brighton have allowed the most goals from corner kicks of any team in the Premier League this season. So obviously that was a uh, emphasis point for our training staff. And again, it was a very well worked corner kick. I love the routine. And the second thing I want to give credit to Wilf. I'm mean, I could praise him all day, but I don't know if you guys remember back in 2013. Uh, before the the uh, Brighton match, um, Wilford did an interview and he had mentioned that um, Holloway had told him that he needs to get more to the back post when Yannick puts crosses in. Yeah. And obviously, if you remember right, he's got that great, you know, that great header. And he did the same thing again uh, t- twice yesterday. He got to that back post for goals. And I've got to give him credit. I mean, it's taken a while, but people talk about Wilf's end product, Wilf's end product. But Wilf has really developed into a really good you know, forward player and, and, and things like that as a, as a wide player or forward, getting to the back post, such a big skill. And for him to have taken that in and, and still worked on it now and working on it now, it's really a credit again to him getting there and again for the staff working on a really, really well-worked uh, quarter kick yesterday. Oh, absolutely. I, I think, you know, you, you're touching on a great point there. And again, the interview he did during the week, which was, you know, for Palace. Fantastic, fans, by the way. Fantastic, good, yeah. yeah. Well done to, to Chris Grierson and the club with that absolute top stuff. And, you know, the fact that we're on the Brighton fans up so much is just so, so good. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, he was talking even in that about the things that he has to add to his game, you know. And, and I think Hodgson had been saying similar things after the match as well. But, you know, Wilf's, Wilf can sort of do whatever he likes, really. He's, you know, he's he doesn't have to work on his dribbling. He doesn't have to work on, you know, beating players in the blink of an eye. But there are things that he does have to work on. Um, and to see him mature and, and actually understand how... You know, you can see it. You know, it's three hundred games or something now, isn't it, for Palace? And you can just see the that level of experience now that he's is an. You know, I think we've used the word in the chat. Then Nick, it's the anticipation now that he's that he's added, isn't it? Yeah, and um, it's not as good as Will Buckley, though. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to get that in. Nice. Yeah, yeah, those were the days, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Gus Pyatt, wasn't it? He said that. Yeah. He said, Will Buck is not... And where's he? So, Pyatt, I've no idea. <laughs> I must imagine somewhere, but, uh, you know. I think Will Buck, is he playing for Bolton now or someone? Some in the lower championship? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Mike, how did you celebrate that goal? You were quite you again. You were nearer the the, uh, the Brighton support. Were you able to see how they took it? Uh, well, for for some, I, I I didn't. I was still pretty far away from the away support, but I, I I don't think you'd have heard them if you were a lot closer, to be honest. But for <laughs> for some reason or other, the the guy with the season ticket behind me obviously had sold his ticket on Twickets, and um, had a a really small kid uh, standing behind me on, on a chair for the game, and like I'm, I'm like six and a half foot tall, so I felt really sorry for the kid. But you know, I couldn't really move anywhere. So all I could think about was I was, I was really stressed that this kid was properly enjoying the goal. So um, I celebrated for a bit, and then I thought I'd better check back, check I hadn't knocked him over, and check that he could see properly. So uh, yeah, that, that was the way I dealt with the first one. By, by the third one, I'd, I'd, I'd cared less, but yeah, that that, <laughs> that, that, that first one. Yeah, so you were sort of reserved because you know the poor kid needs to be able to see the game. Yeah, but well, by the end, by the end, you've thrown him four rows back, and well, you know, I'd listened to his mum grumbling for a while about everyone standing, and I thought you've probably come to the wrong part of the stadium if if you want to worry too much about sitting down for the game. So, uh, yeah, by the third one. Um, it will it, have enjoyed it nonetheless, I'm sure. Exactly, it's, it's about the experience. If you get you know ticket particularly up towards the back of the Arthur, you're not going to see anything anyway. So, so but but, um, <laughs> people were standing all around the ground yesterday. They were. Uh, it, it was almost the whole of the lower homestead was stood for most of the game. Yeah, we're getting to a safe standing debate if we're not if we're not careful. But uh, you well, know, there just, we go. just wanted to say on the first one, I, I think we've got to give the Brighton sides immense credit for getting the crowd lifted because. If Palace had defended like that, that is what we'd have been discussing for about forty-five minutes of this pod. Um, so, yeah, you're absolutely right. They, I mean, you know that it was a. I'll be honest, it was that's one of the reasons it was such a relief when the first goal went in, because you know you kind of almost worry. You worry, don't you? Because you, we saw obviously we went and played a a nil-nil up there when we weren't really in any kind of form or anything like that, and then obviously we've played in the cup where we've put half a, a half decent team out and so have they and we've ended up losing and you kind of think well you know we haven't really shown shown any kind of signs of blowing them away and they're doing alright in the league and then, then very very quickly you sort of think oh they are rubbish <laughs> that's alright then yeah, had total parallels with the whole game last season with, with yeah. their, their keeper making the error early on and, and the, the moment that everyone just has that relief I know the relief disappeared in the second half but it just helped so much um and, and the one thing I did want to ask going back to that nil nil game can anyone remember was, was it Joe Ward that was playing that game as well, well I think it oh you now you're asking me I think so I think at that point he, he'd just I'll look it up. hold on a second yeah, I just wondered if that had anything to do going back to that, that the conversation about him that had anything to do with it because I know that that game bored everyone to death, but um, if that you know if that was in the back of Hodgson's mind, um, that yeah, could have been one of the reasons. Yeah, yeah, we kept a clean sheet that day, and um, it might might have been in the back of his mind. I'm yeah. just having a look at it now. Um, he did play in that yeah. game. He, he started, yeah. yeah. 
did. Well, you got actually Hennessy, Ward, Zacho, Tompkins, Schlupp. So it's only really Schlupp for PVA that was different when we started up. Then you had Luca, uh, Kabai, Townsend, Zaha, Benteke. So, um, yeah, not too far off. Can I just interrupt here and, and point out to our listeners that the producer's actually done his job for the first time this year and said, yes, it was bald in our chat. That doesn't mean <laughs> what a producer is meant to do. Oh my find God. out stuff in the background. None of this Patrick, oh, I'll find out. No, that's the producer's job, Patrick. Can I just say, Mikey always does his job, and I don't know why Nick is being so unfair to Mikey there. I would never... Never. <laughs> just see Mikey's response. <laughs> I never suggest that he did a didn't do his job. Yeah. So yeah, cool, Mikey. You could always grab some comments off of Facebook and stuff with us yeah, or Twitter. If there's anything you want to do as well, mate, if you're feeling a bit bored there. So after the first after the first goal, we saw a few things. So Luca um, Luca took a, a booking didn't he for it was a silly one really I think he got fouled but they didn't, the ref didn't give it and he landed on the ball and then threw the ball away so took a yellow card there and I think that affected us a little bit because he didn't want he was trying to avoid the second booking for the rest of the game uh, but Dale Stevens had the same thing putting a nasty challenge on Wilf late ch- late tackle uh, took a yellow and um, there were several occasions where you know I think either of those might have taken another yellow certainly more Stevens than the than Luca, but you know, referee avoided avoided going down that route. But uh, you know, we were all over Brian. You know, after that first goal, still carried on with the pressure, um, put an awful lot of pressure on them. Wilf, uh, Loftus Cheek, Townsend were, were sort of pressing in on the left hand side quite a lot. That ended with a Kabai shot, and again, my autocorrect has changed shot to another word that sounds very similar, but is offensive. Uh, so Kabai didn't deflect one of those over for a corner. It was definitely a shot. Um, as that corner was cleared, we got the, the 30 yard volley from Townsend, which was great to see. Lovely bit of skill. Um, keeper scoops it away, and, and Luca wins a corner direct from that as well. And it's from that corner that we actually uh, go 2 0 ahead. So Tompkins rises to meet the corner, heads at goal. MacArthur's flicking them sort of a foot out of it. And again, the Brighton defence, absolutely awful, failing to clear it. Sacco has a swipe at it. Yeah, MacArthur shoots, and Duffy <laughs> just, does a, just saves it, just pretends he's a goalkeeper. Mm. Um, absolutely so so obvious and half the, half the Palace uh, players put their hands in the air but Tompkins doesn't have any of it and just decides to smash it with his left foot goes between Ryan's legs and actually just creeps over the line and well there's a couple of things there well, Mikey has put comments up as well and then called me a whore thanks Mikey <laughs> um, but there you go so second goal there guys and that was um that was a very, very special moment. I don't, I don't know which thing to focus on first. I mean, again, the celebrations were absolutely insane. But, um, Nick, did you notice the handball in the middle of it? Only when I saw it again on Match of the Day. I didn't have a clue. I saw a few hands go up as if to claim it. But, um, yeah. I mean, the ref missed a few things, didn't he? He did indeed. Um, well, no doubt we'll talk about that tackle on Townsend later. But it was another melee and... It was almost as if the, the Brighton keeper, um, Matt Ryan, had borrowed Hennessy's gloves and boots for the day. Oh, boy. Wow. Well, it was just that, on, that, that complete... No, because Hennessy had his best game for bloody ages, and I'm not going to take that away from him. Yeah. But it was... Matt Ryan was just... Had the collie wobbles, didn't he? Completely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think he was one of those players who was taken aback by... The intensity of that atmosphere, uh, particularly straight in, you know, early in the first half, I think um, he looks he looks a little bit shell shocked. 
and, and just yeah, it was it was a, a fantastic moment. And again, Patrick, obviously, you know, part of you thinks would it be would it have been better to trust Luca with the penalty and take them down to ten men at the time? You know, give up the goal and <laughs> think we're going to score it again. So I toyed with that in my head, but uh, right decision made. And at that point, with two 0 up and and coasting, and you know, I couldn't see Brighton getting back into it. Could you? But like I said, as I walked into the into the bar, I'm singing oh, yeah. to, to the London, so I I'm, I think it's over. We're all over them. I mean, we're all over them, which is great. But the the thing is, um, I really love the reaction of the players on that second goal. I think that I mean, you guys were there, but the atmosphere was so electric, and you know, to score at the White Hot Lane end and see Tompkins' reaction was really great. I got to give him a lot of credit. You know, he he scored a lot of important goals for us. You know, good Huddersfield goal, which is a little bit like yesterday's goal. He's really taken to our club. I watched him and MacArthur, that wonderful thing with those kids, that interview with the kids. And I've got to give him a lot of credit. He's played well. He's taken to our club. He's taken to our community. And, uh, you know, fair play to him. But that's just, a to me, at that point, a huge 2-0 lead and against Brighton was just it was just fantastic yesterday. Yeah. I'm just going to uh, make sure people understand that Patrick knows it's called the White Horse Lane. He said White Hart Lane by mistake. Oh, it's God, an error. It's not a secret <laughs> first time. Maybe, oh, maybe, that, maybe that part of the ground points north, so it is actually the end nearest White Hart Lane. So <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 correct, but, it's so uh, embarrassing. Sorry about that. White unlucky, mate. Lane. Unlucky. Yeah, uh, I'm just trying to go through all these comments that Mikey <laughs> sent me now. For God's sake. There's loads of them. Thanks everyone on Facebook, by the way. Uh, um, uh, um. I, while you're looking through that, can I just yeah. say how imperious I thought Kabai was? He absolutely yeah. pulled all the strings. He played very, very deep. He was stepping back into defence to allow um, Tompkins to push forward if he needed to. And he he knew everything that was going on on the pitch and, and was pulling all the strings. Plus we had Luca. Being super Jedi, he's, he's such a better player than Jedi. And I know we miss Jedi, but haven't we come out of that deal better? And I know we'll talk about his his general um, passing and ball-playing ability in a bit when we come to talk about our third goal. But Please don't put down Jedi again, ever. No, I'm not, but I'm just saying... He just did. No, he just no, he's, he's betterer. Yeah. <laughs> that's, betterer. Not, that's not the point. You really shouldn't be put down our famous captain, who put out a very nice... Uh, Instagram about us yesterday, by the way. I saw that, yeah. yeah a picture right. of him, him with his up, kids and their palace up, kids. Up yours, Gusset. <laughs> yeah, just, about, up yeah. your Gusset. <laughs> just, just on Kabai, um, <laughs> I, 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 was, I was writing um, player reviews for, for, for Holmesdale yesterday. And um, sort of, I was thinking that maybe once Brighton really had the upper hand in the second half, uh, before he was substituted, it seemed like a bit of a... a a split, a split for him because while we were ahead, while we were on top, while we were going forwards, he was everywhere. And then when it came to Brighton really pushing at us, that's when he seemed to become a little bit more anonymous to me. I don't Great. know if people agree with that. Great point. Uh, I agree. I think, yeah, I think you've, you've sort of hit the nail on, on the head with, with the sort of, there's the problem with goodbye now that, you know, I think we, it actually looked a couple of years ago, like his legs had gone and he's sort of had a resurgence, but, when you get into the, particularly when you get around the sort of 75, 80th minute and, and the team's under pressure, you're right in that he doesn't carry the sort of influence that you'd, you'd like him to carry. I think he needs that, you know, the sort of, he needs confidence around him, if you like. He needs people moving around him. He needs, you know, people on his wavelength, if you like. And when Palace are a confident side who are attacking, he, he's so much more comfortable. Um, and I really like Kabaya. I think 
he got such a bad rep when he when he joined us, and I just think it was because of expectation. It just had players don't slot in and play exactly how they used to play at previous teams, and pl- immediately it's, it's all to do with systems. It's all to do with tactics, and you know, and the players around them. And he he had an impact, but it just wasn't at the scale of the impact that we were kind of expecting. And part of that was was you know, the comments of Pardew and, and at the time who was just sort of saying, oh, you know, goodbye deserves to be paid more than everyone else because he's the best player and this and that. And I think you, you have to, you kind of buy into that. But, yeah. you know, I think I think you're right, Mike. I think that, you know, he, his influence did lessen in the game and it was, it was right that he was taken off. I don't know whether it is a fitness thing or whether it is, you know, like I was suggesting, it's to do a little bit with how his teammates are playing. That, you know, they, he does need to be carried a little bit. Um, but certainly, I think when he's at his best, he's one of our most influential players. Yeah, well, but the, I, I just thought it, then it had a knock-on effect on well, MacArthur particularly, Luca to an extent, and I, I think I saw Andros at a point down with cramp. You know, considering the man runs into brick walls, that that stunned me. Uh, I think it was him. Um, I just thought, well, that's got to be in part because Kabai is either knackered or like you say, when things aren't going so great, when he hasn't got the the right stuff going on around him, he's just a little bit too anonymous. And then they're making up ground. And, and I, I heard people around me getting frustrated with MacArthur, you know, not backing Benteke up. But I thought, you know, he might run for everything, but he can't do that all the time for absolutely everything. Uh, right. You know, it's got to be someone else's responsibility. No, but and I think I think the 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 situation you're talking about there with with Ben Benteke come on we'll, we'll come to because that that you're absolutely right in that there were some people who were very angry with Benteke for not winning certain things and there were people who were angry with MacArthur for not and others for not getting in and around him but I think that there's there's more to that situation than the sort of simplicity of that and yeah we'll, we'll talk about that in just a sec so but we you know at two 0 up we're we're coasting and I think you could feel that the um excuse me, that the, um, the the players kind of relaxed a little bit. And, and for, you know, a few minutes after the second goal, not very long, because it wasn't too long until the, till Brighton got back into it. Um, but we were sort of knocking the ball around, took the little bit of the foot off the gas. And we're, we're just, you know, we're 2-0 up. We should be able to coast this. You know, never thought we'd be in this position. So here we go. Um, but <laughs> it didn't quite pan out that way. Um, you know, Brighton get their sort of one break and it's actually as Kierdo has gone over to the right hand side for the time for, for the moment and has, has put in a cross which PVA has knocked out for a corner um, ball comes in and we've had uh, Andrew Ad in this point on Facebook uh, as, as well as others um, that you know we talked about Sacco being pushed uh, and Andrew's making the point that you know Sacco was weak for the um you know, for, for for that corner, what do we what do we think about that, guys? Was it you know, if it's up, I think I think a two handed push in the chest is a foul. I have to say, um, I understand where Andrew's coming from. You want your players to be, you know, because Dunk was stronger. You know, he's, you know, initially he's looked at the referee to try and get a decision. He's realised the referee's not paying a huge amount of attention to it, so he's just timed the push to to Sacco right. And Sacco doesn't really complain too much uh, about it, um, Patrick. So. You know, realistically, is that a foul, or if it's up the other end, do we do we get annoyed if it was given? Yeah, uh, that stuff happens so much in the box, Chris. I mean, that's what Duncan Duffy do. They're big lumps, and they want to get in the box and win headers, and you know, first headers to get this, you know, second ball. So I don't think that um, the way Seco reacted 
I'm not sure we're going to get that call. And I honestly, I said that he pushed him, but honestly, when I first watched it, I didn't even notice the push. I had to watch that that goal like two, three times back. So yeah. immediately when it happened, I really didn't notice it. So, I mean, football's a contact sport, so I really can't get uh, too much on uh, on on Dunk for pushing him on Sacco for not reacting. I think that's just part of football. Yeah, I think that, that's that's a fair point, guys. Anything else to add to that? You, you know, any any real strong feelings before I, I move us on? Not really. You just get some random penalties given for for things like that, but most of the time you don't. Yeah, true. I'd have been livid if 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 it had been the other way around and it had been you know we'd have scored and they'd have pulled it back. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, yeah again, it, it just for me it just looks a little bad because it's it's two hands. I, you know, I would almost prefer it if they both had a, a hold of each other's shirt and he wins the header or whatever. But I think there's a there's a lot of truth in what uh, what was being said on, on Facebook there by uh, by Andrew Adams that that you know Sacco has got to be a bit stronger there. He really has. Um, uh, so there we go. All right. So that's two one three one is is a is a great moment again. Plenty of pressure by Palace. We obviously. The goal woke us up a little bit. We went straight back to attacking and putting that pressure on. The crowd went straight back up to their to their loudest, and um, it was a little bit of miscontrol by Kabai. And again, it's Bong who sort of takes a heavy touch, and it ends up at the back of the feet of Luca. And this is what we're talking about, Nick, isn't it? When we talk about Luca's range of passing, because he can do this. Uh, whereas you would say perhaps Mele can't, couldn't. When we're talking comparing yeah. the two, but. What a great ball! But most importantly, what a fantastic run from Wilf. And I was watching as I watched it. Like again, this is I'm I'm just I could see the sort of pass before it happened. That's not me trying to be big headed or whatever. It was just it just seemed that that was that was on. I saw Wilf start to make the run, and he almost hesitates because kind of thinks, ah, no, you know, he's not going to see me. And then he sort of looks, sort of see, almost sees that it's um, that it's Luca on the ball and gets excited and carries on the run. And then Luca just puts an absolutely perfect pass in. But the header, I mean, we've seen Wilf header before, and it was against the same opposition in a just as important a match, I would say. Um, just a fantastic moment, wasn't it? It was indeed. And, and what I liked about it was the fact that as soon as Wilf scored, he ran to Benteke. And I think Benteke's been coaching him. I really do. And I think we're, we're, we're slating Benteke, but I still think he's, he's an important part of the of the training ground setup, um, but back to Lucas for ball. I, I tweeted it. It was curled just exactly right. It was put in exactly the right place. And as I said on match of the day last night, I think you've alluded to it because we didn't have the big lump. They don't know who to go for, and and you could see the four or five Brighton defenders along a line there, and and only one really went with Wilf, and that was too late because they're they're not expecting a big ball in. Like Absolutely that. right. No, you're right. They're all pointing at each other. No one knows what to do. It was only the second half that they managed to to sort that out. Mike, give you a chance to wax a little bit lyrical about Wilf. He's obviously said his 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 piece during the week, wound him up, and then really delivered, isn't he? Yeah. Well, I I don't know if anyone's had a chance to see what he said post game on Palace TV. Yeah. Um But he, he he was like, I scored with my head. Um, you know, he was clearly pretty impressed with himself. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, uh, m- more than that, um, you know, he-, he pointed out that at two nil, um, the sides were suddenly really nervous. He's like, we were playing too well, and then we were like, what, what, what happens now? Um, so obviously, that 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 goal three one put everyone's nerves at ease a bit more, um, and it sounds as though he was more proud of that goal than he has been of any others this season. Um, 
and, and Lucas should be as well because the ball was beautiful and and my my slight man crush for Lucas only only increased after that to be honest. Yeah, don't say don't say that with Mikey producing Mikey. Yeah, look, he's, he's said in the chat. Back <laughs> off. He's lying. It's Mikey's man crush, and you're not allowed not allowed anywhere near Luca. I'm afraid. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> Maybe some kind some kind of timeshare. <laughs> pretty sure he's not having it but um <laughs> so just to quickly divert uh, to david bray who's a uh, cool eagle 89 he's got in touch saying goodbye is still very important to us but why oh why is he taking corners getting lucas dead balls are so much better do you know what i totally agree with that but there's two things we scored from other goodbyes well effectively two two of goodbyes but I, I like um i also like the fact that if lucas lurking around outside the penalty area and he's got more chance of scoring these days than goodbye has so Maybe that's got a bit to do with it. Who knows? But uh, interesting point there. Thanks for that, David. Um, so, yeah, 3-1 up. That felt like the, the scoreline we deserved. Unfortunately, we've talked already about the, the second goal we conceded. Again, there's not really too much we did wrong other than suddenly having a two-on-two situation down the left-hand side and to and for unfortunately for Joe Ward to get himself a little bit isolated and fail uh, to, to actually make contact with ball or player when when taking the uh, taking the swipe, uh, and it's I have to say it's a good finish by Skiedo. Nothing that Wayne Hennessy can do about that. Um, we go in at, at three two at half time, and it Hang really on, should have been more. Go on. Sorry, Wayne thumping the ground after that second goal. I've never seen him so irate. Never seen well, him. Well, so it's a wonder he didn't break his thing. knuckles. He was hitting the let's ground so hard. Let's use this as an opportunity to talk about Wayne then because, you know, all the all the goals are done, so this is a great opportunity to do it. Um, you know, we said we said we'd try not to talk uh, too much about Wayne unless we had something new to say. And and I have really got something new to say about him, and that was he was so fired up. Um, and I don't know whether he can get himself in that frame of mind every game for the future, but he needs to. You know, there was a moment where I think it was after he made that fantastic save from Stevens. But he's got up and he screamed at Luca, and he—he's—I <laughs> he, can minute read, and it was—it was effing twice, you effing something or the other like that, you know, because he, he failed to close down the cross and the shot, and you actually saw Luca react, went right up to him and stuck his chest right into him. But I love—I actually love to see that from Wayne to be to make that save, to have that adrenaline afterwards, to be that, you know, to be be that fired up and he came and he caught everything he could catch he punched when he couldn't catch he made the save when he absolutely had to make it you know i have very you know th- there were things during the game that he didn't do particularly well overall you know i mean but i would be i would be it'd be ridiculous of me to focus on those uh you know I, his distribution at times was was a little sketchy but you know what overall it was an absolutely fantastic performance from wayne hennessy and Again, you know, I won't bother going on about you know consistency, blah 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 blah. Let's just enjoy it. it we needed him in in that game. It was an incredibly important game for us. And you know what? He was he stood up and he was counted and and fantastic stuff. Very very close to man of the match for me, Patrick. Yeah, and uh, I'll add to what you said, Chris. Again, um, you know, my biggest thing is you know making those important uh, saves and got to give him really good credit because that cross that came in, I think around the 82nd minute by Canuck Hart, he comes out strong. He punches it out right in front of Glenn Murray. Of course, it would have probably scored. Ball comes back to Stevens. Uh, Stevens makes a great low shot, makes another great save. And then that's when we talk about when Ward made a tremendous clearance in front of Murray again. So 
when we needed him to make the save, he made it. And then he, for me, he earned us those two extra points yesterday. Without that, those th- those two plays, we probably end up with a draw. Godfrey would end up dropping another goal later on. But I mean, really, those are the kind of things you know, we needed from our goalkeeper. And he did a great job in that match yesterday. Fair play to him. Absolutely right. And, um, you know, uh, yeah, I, I can't can't really say any more than that. Um, but like I say, for me, the main thing is I like to see, I like to see the fact that he was clearly fired up for it. Um, <laughs> sorry, they're being very mature in the chat here. Because <laughs> you said Canock Heart, Patrick, um, where you know, and then Nick said it's a silent K, and I thought you were going to then reply reply to Patrick without a K on the end of his name, but you didn't. You went a different route, and then Mike has said something rude. But the thing uh, is, honestly, I've, guys, I've heard it said both ways. I've heard it knock heart and knock heart, so that's why I said it the way I said it because I heard in the commentary I said it, the. One of the two people said it both ways, so I apologize for not for not being a Patrick. <laughs> Patrick, yes. knock knock. <laughs> <laughs> very good, then, Nick. It's very very good. Yeah. Right, Nick. You wanted to talk about the challenge by Dunk on. Uh, sorry, by yeah, by Dunk on Townsend. Yeah. Then, the, well, there's two little things I want to say about Brighton players. That 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 challenge. I hope it gets reviewed. I don't know why it wasn't shown on Match of the Day. I know it was shown elsewhere. But that was a nasty, nasty, horrible challenge. He didn't go for the ball at all. And Townsend just got up and shook it off, which shows how much Townsend has come on because usually he'd be the one that spends 25 seconds having a moan and the players going on around him. But, yeah, he, yeah. he just got up and carried on. But, no, that was that was horrible. Horrible, yeah. horrible, horrible challenge from a horrible, horrible player. You shouldn't have stayed on the pitch. You seem to be getting so alright. You're potentially waving your head around because your microphone volume is changing continuously. There, are you alright? Yeah, because it's it's the same distance from my mouth because I've got one of them Madonna type affairs that she used to wear on stage. What the headset? Yeah, not the conical nipple uh, girdle. No, I'm not. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, Sorry, I'm, just... I, but I saved that for for Wednesdays. <laughs> Fair enough. But the, um, the other thing I want to moan about is yeah. it was it Skeletto having digs and he was pinching Zaha and he was poking Zaha and he was having words in his ear and it was just before Zaha got booked for having a go at the linesman. But fair play to Wilf because he kept it together because I'd have turned around yeah. and lamp broke. It was all very uh, surreptitious, but he was, you could see him pinching, literally pinching yeah. him. Well, to be honest, Nick, you'd have had every right to lamp. It'd be very inappropriate of a footballer to come into the crowd and start pinching and poking a supporter, wouldn't it? So, it would, yeah. yeah. You can poke on Facebook, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, that's very, very, very different. Uh, Mike, just to get your views on this, as Nick has reminded me, Townsend, uh, apparently we, the, he hasn't played so many games in a, in a season for anyone else as he's played for Palace this year. Um, what do you make of his season overall? Because... He's really started to impress me again of late. I was a bit down on him at the start of the year, but uh, I feel he's really sort of starting to get into a rhythm as we come to the end of the season. I see what you've done there. You've, you've stopped me being able to wax lyrical about Lewis Dunk for a minute there. Um, yeah. But, but uh, yeah, I, I'm a bit I'm a bit biased because I, I feel that Townsend gets much, much too much stick. Um, I think we all know the shortcomings. Um, you know, he, he doesn't perhaps knocking enough crosses of note and earlier on in the season he had a tendency well the rest of his career really to go inside and knock a shot in unnecessarily he's totally got rid of that I mean that that didn't happen 
the last few games, maybe once or twice. And when it has when he has put a shot in, it's been a decent shot. Um, he, I'm sure I, 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 I've never found online that the um, the amount of distance covered stats, unless you know they're really notable and people have brought them out. But I'd love to see what he pulls out week in week out because it's got to be up there with Luca. Um, I, I just can't I can't fault the guy. And at the moment. We've, it seemed like we've lost this cheek and Zaha. Those three, when Palace are going forwards, when they're properly on the ascendancy, it's just it's a really great uh, triangle of players that just work together really well. Um, he, he covers at the back really well. He's got a decent understanding with whatever um, wing back he's got behind him. I just I can't fault the lads, and any abuse he gets usually makes me a little bit angry. Yeah. Definitely. No, it's good. Glad, glad to hear that. It's uh, just something that really been sort of creeping along over the last sort of few weeks of, of mine. That he's just he's become a very very influential player for us. And um, it's when I heard in some of the highlights that you know he hadn't played ever played so many games in a, in a season. He suddenly thought, you know, yeah, I can, I can kind of I can kind of see that. But well, he's got two roles. If Sahar's when Zahar was injured, people looked to him more as a talisman. And when Zahar is playing, and Zahar's soaking up more of the defenders, that's when Townsend gets a bit of extra time and he tends to come more into his own than he does when he's playing on his own. So, Yeah. All right. Um, did you want to say anything about Dunk before I move on? Because I'm going to wrap this up fairly quick. I just wanted to bring up the, the little bit when he tried to move the ball forward from a free kick about six times and, and he got told <laughs> off by he got told off by the ref and the linesman. You could see how angry he was. You could see how livid he was. And that just summed up like, okay, it looked as though Zaha was was getting wound up, but Brighton yesterday were really, really angry at times. Like they, they were really rocked by probably the crowds and, and how things were going, and that had a big lot to do with how we managed to score three. I think. Oh, definitely. You're you're, you're completely right because you've got. I mean, is it, we've had a, a message in from Musabio, which is still one of my favourite uh, email names that we get. Uh, he said, "We've we've stressed the need to beat them, shut them up, and send them back from where they came from." And boy, did he deliver! You know, that's that's the kind of dichotomy. Well, say dichotomy. It's, it's you know, you've, you've got our side, which has Wilf, who's wound everyone up, and he's you know, he's the sort of Palace talisman. And you've got Mister Brighton, who's Lewis Dunk, who's just gone to pieces on the pitch. You know, he's putting a disgusting challenge that should have got him sent off. He was being. You know, he was obviously very vocal and very, you know, lots of little shoves and kicks and stuff off the ball, all that kind of stuff. And that's how he thought he was going to have his his influence on the game. And I and I know who won out in the end. And it was quite clearly Wilfred Zaha. And Dunk just looked like a just like the lump that he is. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mikey's asked us to briefly discuss the possibility of Brighton going there. Now, I, I genuinely said this before the game. He, that if we win, we really have put them back in it because obviously they're only a point ahead of us now. Their remaining games are Burnley, who are absolutely flying, Man United, Man City, and Liverpool. So realistically, you could see them not getting another point. Guys, is there still a danger that they could go down, Patrick? No chance. Um, oh, come on! Yes, there is. No, I, I wish. Trust me, I wish it would be it would be funny. But just looking at the the uh, the combination, there are so many teams below them. For them not to win a game for me or get a point is unrealistic because look at what happened there with Man United. They're, they're, they could they could very well get a point out of that match. Man City's already clinched the title. I can see them dropping it, getting a point there. Liverpool will be in the Champions League final day. You know, I just I, listen. It's it's it sounds great. I'd love it to happen, but I 
I just don't see it. They're a point ahead of us. But even with West Brom in today, there's just so many. There's so many teams. West Ham are in a bigger trouble than they are. Huddersfield's in bigger trouble than they are. Even though they won yesterday, I just again in a in a perfect Palace world, of course I want them to go down, but I just don't see it. Even even as just a slight possibility. Sorry to burst your bubble. All there. right, boot Patrick. Nick, I did a predictor game <laughs> where I filled in all the results. Uh, we finished tenth, and Brighton got relegated. Is that realistic? <laughs> yeah, well, that's perfectly feasible. <laughs> exactly. I've just been, I'm shouting, my missus has shushed me because I'm getting so excited. Um, <laughs> shush, shush while you're on your radio program. Um, <laughs> actually, you're right. No. And, uh, they're, they're, on, they're on 35 points. Come on, Southampton only need seven points. Stoke only need eight points, but we can give them three of those. I'd, I'd rather lose all the rest of our games if it meant Brian going down and us staying up. Yeah, absolutely. Of right. course, but that's, of course you would. Who wouldn't do that? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Last little thing, Mike. uh, The misses from Glenn Murray. Uh, First of all, there's one at the far post, which is quite a difficult chance, where he's hooked it back across a little bit of heart and mouth, but he's just missed it. But the one at the end where he essentially cleared it from in front of Hennessy. Do you think think going through his head, maybe there was a bit of, uh, you know, am I still playing for Palace going on? Well, I mean... I guess I'm probably about 90 yards away in my seat. And I was like, what the hell just happened? Like, <laughs> what what actually just happened? Um, and I can't think of any other explanation. He, he didn't bother celebrating for his goal. Um, and, then, and then two misses. That that first one was easier to stick it in the corner than it was to miss. The second one, God knows what was going through his head. So all I can think is he wants to see one more season out and probably he wants to come back to sell us. Well, there was... It was very strong rumours um, that Murray was actually denied a return to Palace in the summer. I, I hadn't heard it until recently. Who uh, by but, a parish? But no, by by Brighton. Uh, <laughs> and then he's been slightly resentful of him ever since. I'm not. I think that's just people being a bit mischievous. Mischievous. Anyway, Patrick, your views on that? You want to give? Yeah, I, I know why he did it. Um, you guys seem to forget a couple of years ago during the American tour. Uh, Murray played centre-half versus the Richmond Kickers in Virginia, and I was there. He had a flashback to playing centre-half and wanted to clear the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot he played. He did play centre-back well. He did, remember? Yeah, it was a, he actually played very well. Uh, so I think it was him and Rambo played back there. But all joking aside, what a miss. Seriously, if that was Ben Teke, oh, my days. People would never, ever forgive him for that. So, thank God it was Murray, and it was, again, it was a, a huge miss. I mean, if he scores that, forget it, but no. Tremendous. Actually, I take it back. A great clearance by Glenn Murray. Okay, good stuff. Well, we're going to have to end it uh, there. We've got a little game to play uh, and then some forward reviews. But but before we play the game, just a very quick nod in the direction of the Benteke conversation that we've run out of time for. You know, we talk about it most weeks anyway. But I think what is important to point out, there's a lot of negativity around him when when he came on. But at that moment in time, I think it is also fair to say that the team were just hacking the ball away. It was people going, oh, how is he not winning a header? It's because no one's kicking the ball to him. You know, uh, exactly. Wayne's distribution was pretty much going straight off the pitch at certain times. When the ball was going forward, it was being hit all over the place. He was being asked to cover effectively an entire pitch on his own. And he wasn't getting people up alongside him. But I think the one moment he actually got on the ball, he, he actually ran with the ball really well and put Wilfin in a really good position, I think. What, but what I will also say is it was incredibly nice to hear at the ground that when Beteke came on, there was a couple of a tiny little pocket of booing 
that was then drowned out completely by people singing for Benteke. And I think that shows Palace fans in a, in a really good light. That's exactly what you do. When, you, when, a, when a player's struggling, as he is, you show him your support and you believe in him and you just you keep doing that. Because, you know, if he moves on and he comes back to us for another team or playing for another team, boom, all you like. But while he's a Palace player, the only thing you can do is get behind him and, and hope that he rediscovers that goal, that goal touch because that's the only thing that we want, really, as, a, as supporters. You know, and if he, you know, he may he may not play again. You never know. You know, Sorloff might play out the rest of the season or whatever. We might stick with Townsend and Zaha. You don't know, but uh, but I think it was really, like I say, it was really good to hear uh, the supporters get behind him. So uh, anyway, let's play a little bit of a game before we go. Uh, I've got to sort of introduce this in some way. Uh, apparently, first of all, we, we what we often do for our new features is we go and get songs for them. You know, like and that's good, isn't it? Uh, we very like minutes before the show, we received. Uh, this song for the upcoming game. You gotta listen out for this gap. Say a player's name, but don't flap. Something like John Salako. It's Palace Players to work Tango. Is that Dio? In bed. Who's that Dio? John who? John John Salako. Well, I don't know. I don't know what that was. I mean, we hear that slightly distorted anyway, but that probably made it better. I think we'll probably send that one back. Uh, <laughs> well, impressive. Anyway, what we're doing is we're playing two-word tango. What we did, we played this on uh, on Thursday on Love Sport, and it was what you had to do at that time is name a Palace player, and then the following person had to name a player whose name started uh, with the final letter of the previous name, okay? So that was like if uh, you said Eric Young, you could then start with uh, Gareth, someone. <laughs> Gareth Taylor, there you go. Eric Young, Gareth Taylor, there you go. I've done that well. That's done really well there. Right, so um, that, that so we decided that was a little bit too difficult to do again uh, with the back, backing music that we had. So initially, we just went for any Palace player. Uh, and then I gave up and said John Belushi because it was going on too long. Uh, so then eventually, we decided it would be uh, you could name any Palace player, but they had to be of a different nationality than the previous Palace player. So here's how that sounded. You gotta listen out for this gap. Say a player's name, but don't flap. Something like John Salako. It's Palace players to work. Tango. Wilfred Zaha. Sasa Churchich. Scott Dunham. Thomas Broly. James MacArthur. Wayne Hennessy. Mila Yedinat. Jim Cannon. Chris Coleman. Yannick Balassi. Julian Speroni. Ian Dowie. Van Z. Luka Milivojevic. Gabor Kiroi. Julian Speroni. Oh, repeat, oh, no. repeat, repeat, <laughs> repeat, repeat. You're out, Nick. Okay. Alex Klinko. Aaron Wan-Bissaka. Christian Benteco. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. I was just distracted. <laughs> I'm thinking ahead. I'm out. Alright. Papa Soiree. Johan Goodbye. 
James Tompkins. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Well done, Patrick. You're Have the some winner. of that. Have some of that. You're the winner. Oh, what man. other countries were left? No, oh, I know. I got Soloff, didn't Sorry. I? You gotta listen out for this gap. Say a player's name, but don't flap. Something like John Salako. It's Palace players to work. Tango. <laughs> please. Please never play that. Video. I can't wait for the uh, 12 inch remix with Bangladeshi overdubs on that one. God. That, God, that makes me want to kill things. Um, what did I win? All right. Well done, Patrick Williams. Good, good. Congratulations. What, what, what did I get? Mug? The Saturday, you know, uh, I'm still behind in the mug delivery. So. You get an MP3 of the theme tune in your inbox in the morning. Yeah, right? full yeah. worldwide copyright of the theme tune. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you very much to Mikey for producing, to Patrick, to Mike, and to Nick for being with me today, and obviously to all of you for contributing and for listening. And we're, end- we're now with four word reviews. M. Albert Curley, Murray with Vital Clearance. Practical Quanner, Hennessy, Big Late Save. Steve Green, My Ass Was Twitching. Matthew Mason, Game of Two Halves. Kevin Childs, I've Aged Ten Years. Ben Parker, Murray Saves Palace Again. Stefan Clarsons, Benteke was shit again. Well, uh, Bill Rell, yeah. Hennessy was awesome today. Uh, Daniel Babington Brown, take a bow, Bill. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I like what he's done, man. After last week's fiasco. Dino, one win from safety. Paul Beard, need a lie down. Kim McLean. <laughs> Come on, mate. Never been so nervous. <laughs> Just get on with it. Uh, <laughs> Michaela Jessica. Michaela Jessica Rachel. The way you've done that, Mikey, it's, it's like Rachel is the first word of what she's going to say. Then she would have said Rachel game of the season, which made no sense. And so, five Mi- words. Yeah, it's five words. Michaela Jessica Rachel, game of the season. I missed this. Sam Rice, the greatest game around. Mick Payne, bloody, bloody, bloody brilliant. Dick Evans, bye-bye, seaweed. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.